You're listening to The Itch. My name is Casey. My name is Dan. And I'm Aaron. And this week, we are scratching The Itch for timeliness. You know, we've, we've seen a lot of shows this year. And if you paid attention to the feed, a lot of our reviews of those concerts have been way delayed from when we actually <laughs> saw them because things kept getting in the way. But Dan and Casey just got to see Metallica take over St. Louis for a whole weekend And when something like that happens, you don't delay. So this one is actually going to be coming out in relatively close proximity to when it happened. Yes. It's crazy. (laughs) So I didn't realize that this was national news that Metallica was coming to St. Louis because I knew that they had been doing this all year, but their last show before the St. Louis show was actually September 1st and it was in Phoenix, Arizona. So it had been a while actually. And so they had actually been on a break because before that in September, they'd done basically five weeks in a row of playing this double set, no repeat weekend. And so when this was announced, I'm a huge Metallic fan. It's one of my favorite bands of all time. Uh, When it was announced, there was no doubt in my mind I was going to both nights. (laughs) (laughs) I wish that I kind of would have waited to get my tickets because I got like the two deal pack. It was cheap. Don't get me wrong. Compared to like comparatively to what I got, I got basically two tickets for two concerts and I think it was like $92 a seat for for the whole thing. Yeah. For the whole thing. So, yeah. But, like, I think that I was a little hasty because I think if I would have gone just a little bit more expensive, I could have gotten some better seats. My seats were way up in the nosebleeds. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they were. But there's really not a bad seat at the Dome. And that was the great thing about this concert. And we'll get into that in just a minute. The one thing I do want to say by setting this up, though, is so the first night, day one, is Metallica and opening for them was Mammoth WVH and, and uh, Pantera. They were the half of Pantera, whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah. This version of Pantera, sure. Yeah. 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 The Pantera 2023. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I, I knew the concert started at six. That was when Mammoth went on stage. I, I typically work nine to six. So I scheduled myself to work eight to five. And I was like, all right, Casey, we're going to I'm going to get off work and we're going to go downtown. We're going to get there. I'm sure we might miss a couple songs from Mammoth or something like that. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll still we'll still get there and have a good time. So, mind you, I live in the suburbs of St. Louis, which is maybe about 30 minutes away from the city. Uh, we get downtown about 542. And we're getting in off the express lanes. And we stop and like it was like it was bad like we're just sitting there for we're like we're just you know the, the timer's like oh it'll be 13 minutes to your parking garage we're like all right we'll just we'll just sit here and wait you know and like we're moving but we're not realizing that we're moving because people are bailing out of the freaking line <laughs> and so yeah. like we literally waited in traffic for an hour and a half at least oh at least until we and then and then we so i'm i'm looking and because there's there's a couple of stoplights ahead of us that would change and i'm like trying to count how many cars are like going through there and as i'm counting no cars are moving so (laughs) it was complete gridlock in downtown like i don't know what was going on there was nobody moving i mean i get it It was a friday night people were leaving out of work and and there was a blues game going on which is you know just double trouble but 
for it to be complete, like just nobody moving, like you're not getting into parking garages, you're not going to parking lots, like people aren't getting out of there. Like it was crazy. I, I like we were we were on the highway for so damn long that all the passengers just were bailing out of their cars, like <laughs> yeah. leaving the drivers on the highway. Yeah. To go see the concert. And walking down the highway to the dome. Yes. <laughs> it it was insane. I mean, like <laughs> And like, I, you know, I get trying to, the other thing I wanted to kind of make mention too is like, I get, you know, trying to get there and you don't want to have to wait in traffic. None of us want to wait in traffic, but if you're like one of those people that decides to like try to run up and cut in, you're an asshole. Okay. I'm just going to say that right now. You're a fucking asshole. Like that's, well, that's all I got to say. Like I'm in my fucking lane. You're not going to cut in here. And when we're all been waiting in this line forever, no, I'm not going to let you in. Like yeah. go to hell. <laughs> well, and then I felt bad for the white car in front of us. Cause there was one really bad person that just was basically going to sideswipe them. Like they were, they were forcing their way in there and they were side by side. There was no room. They were just going to push them out of the way. It was crazy. We finally got into the building and it was, it was a madhouse when we got in there. Like, Oh my <laughs> God. Yeah. Uh, so like there was no music playing. So I figured, okay, well we either missed all of mammoth or worst case scenario. We missed all of Pantera. Uh, turns out we missed all of Pantera. Yeah. So we missed, we missed both openers, unfortunately. Oh yeah. So go St. Louis way to really fuck that one up. <laughs> so we yet again, uh, missed out on, on mammoth for like the third time. <laughs> Have you guys seen any incarnation of Pantera before? No, no. All right, they remain on the hit list. Yeah. Yeah, you know, kind of, I guess. Um, <laughs> I was so I was really upset, to be honest. Like, I know St. Louis has hosted events like these before where, you know, we've had tons and tons of people. It, they were obviously clearly unprepared for this. And so, I, I, you know, I love this city of the St. Louis. We always talk about pride, but this was a shitty, shitty run event. And like, I, they should be fucking embarrassed to be honest. Like it was, it was a cluster fuck on Friday. I I get you have 80,000 people descending upon downtown from all over the place, but you need to like have, I don't know, people out there directing traffic or some shit. Like, cause that was the main difference I noticed on Sunday as opposed to, to Friday. Like there were a lot more police officers out there directing traffic. And I get that when there's a blues game going on, you got to, you know, split the people, but there's 80,000 people coming to the dome. There's 20,000 at the, at the Scott trade or enterprise or whatever the fuck they're calling it nowadays. Yeah. So like, it's just, it's just really annoying that like it, it, it was just, it was just a cluster. There was nobody moving, nobody going anything there. You couldn't see what, what the issue was. You were just not moving stuck. And had we not, taken a u-turn like the second that we were able to and parked at the casino uh we probably would have missed most of metallica <laughs> yeah so then we get upstairs and it, like i said it's just a madhouse like people are walking every which direction because pantera just finished and so there's lines for the bathroom there's lines for the concessions there's lines for merch and they're all like in the Converging. middle of everything yeah <laughs> and so like we're trying to walk through and people just start walking and like it was just it was really funny because this one part we're trying to get to our seats and this one people are just stopped i'm like why are we stopped i'm like we're trying to get through i was like just push man go what are you waiting for he's like well i'm trying to wait for it like dude you're gonna be waiting here all day just go 
It is dog eat dog out here. Let's do this. <laughs> so the, yeah. the dude actually stepped aside, and I did. I barreled right through this bird. I don't even know. Yeah, they yeah. were like, you they said, were like standing sideways or something like that. You said watch, and then you <laughs> <laughs> he gave a demonstration. And see, I'm a, I'm a bigger guy, so I can't quite squeeze through all the places that Dan can squeeze through. So I kind of had to make my own way too, but but pick my spots. You just part the waters. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Put your arms out and be like, all right, everybody left. Everybody right. move. <laughs> See, everybody I'm, move. I'm short and stout. I have a low center of gravity. So like, <laughs> I, <laughs> so I can really just barrel through those things, man. Yeah. So I kept, I kept pace with you pretty good, but it was, yeah. it, was a, it was a challenge. Yeah. So we made it to our seats. Uh, and like I said, we, we sat up in the nosebleed seats, but I didn't care. It was really cool. They had eight of these big giant towers set up. Uh, all around the what they called the snake pit stage. Like, so it was a stage was a big donut and then they had this circle in the middle and in the middle was a snake pit. And, um, and yeah, so the big donut with eight freaking giant poles that were probably four stories tall. And then like at the top of them, they had these giant screens. That, uh, they're like 50, 50. So like half of it was one screen, half of it was another screen. And the screens yeah. were probably a good 20 to 30 feet tall something like that yeah and it, it wrapped around and the visuals that they had with certain songs were kind of cool but what was weird was certain times they'd switch to the live performance but then sometimes the screen that you're trying to look at that's like straight ahead you would just see like their ankle or like their shoulder and it's like what are we what are we looking at what what, what is this <laughs> Yeah, there was definitely lots of kind of artsy fartsy camera angles and camera uh, takes and stuff like that to make it look a lot cooler than what, you know, just a direct shot would be. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So Metallica and and one thing I kind of want to point out is the Riverfront Times actually kind of did a great summary of the Metallica weekend. And they go into detail, like writing detail that I possibly couldn't even begin to to go into on a podcast. So if you really want like the specifics of like the concert details, the music that they played in each song like that, um, then I, I definitely recommend checking out that article. But the one thing I do want to say is Metallica kind of came out. Both nights were almost pretty much the same. They did play different songs, but they were designed the same. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when they opened play like an ACDC, they play, you know, they play classic rock songs leading up to it. And then they, you know, dim the lights and then they start playing ACDC a long way to the top. And then after that, they have like a little um, video package with like uh, Polaroid shots of the band throughout time and all this stuff kind of thing. And so it, it gets the crowd hyped up and then they play another instrumental song before they come out on stage what i thought was weird is they did that for both nights i thought i thought they should have like done different uh hype up songs for diff- you know both nights but that is yeah, their the hype ecstasy song. of gold so says yeah. setlist fm yes, yes. yeah that is their, their hype their song I, you know what's yeah. funny is so on saturday i watched a video with the boys uh, of metallica playing live concert because they had never seen metallica or anything like that so 
we watched a concert from 08 and they literally started the concert in 08 the exact same way with the ACDC song into the yeah. Sea of Gold and then into, um, I think the first song that we saw was like, it was either Harvester or no, it wasn't uh, Harvester. Creeping, it was, uh, creeping Death. Yes, yes, into Creeping Death. It was the same exact intro in 08, like, which was crazy. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. They're very yeah. consistent. They are. <laughs> yeah. That's one word to use for for doing the same thing 15 yeah. years later. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. I mean, they switched it up the next. I mean, besides that particular intro, like, you know, it could just be a superstition thing too. like, like athletes yeah. have certain things that they they believe in, you know, their walk up, yeah. their walk up songs and things like that. So I, I wouldn't put it past that's a superstition, because from what I understand, like there's there's certain things that, that they all do that's weird. Um, like, for instance, there's rumors that Kirk Hammett sleeps with one of his guitars. I don't know. <laughs> Could be real. Could be not. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, so, yeah, the funny thing is, so they, the way that they like it's at a stadium, right? And so, like, you know, of course, they're probably like set up in like the locker rooms and stuff before the show. And so being that it's a huge floor, they have like these gates and stuff that lead up to the stage and people are lined up on these gates instead of like actually being near the stage just to see Metallica walk past. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, the the XC of Gold plays, Metallica's walking on the stage, uh, and Lars' drums pop up out of one quadrant of the of the, donut, <laughs> of the donut. Yeah, it it rose up from the floor, and it it was right where we were sitting. Basically, we were at a direct line of sight where the trap door was. Basically, yeah, so. for quadrant one one. Yeah. I, because they had like four quadrants and he had four different drum. I don't know if he had four different drum sets, but he had to have at least two drum sets. Yeah. Because uh, like basically as as they were finishing a set on one quadrant, then his drums would pop up on the next quadrant and then they'd he'd like be running around the stage or they'd go off the stage and there'd be like a little segue of music or something yeah. that would take them into that that next segment the lights would dim and then stage hands or however they move however they moved it that would move it another few feet around the circle like like a clock that's one thing i absolutely love about metallica is like like you said like whenever you're there seeing metallica there's no bad seat in the house you're always going to get some kind of songs where you're they're looking in front of you or they're in front of you uh, even though they're playing this giant stadium uh with eighty thousand people in a big circular dome yeah, like it, it's just awesome. Yeah. So for night one, one of my favorite songs that I got to hear, this is my f- first time seeing Metallica live. I know Dan had seen them. This is like his fifth. fourth fourth or fifth time seeing them. Uh, so uh, so I was I was excited to, to watch it. So I was glad that we didn't miss any of it due to the <laughs> the, the traffic issues. But uh one of my favorite songs from from night one was "The Memory Remains," and the, the crowd really got into that one and and sang the the background part that would normally be sung. So that was that was good. Yeah, it was funny because I had been talking up the crowd of Metallica leading up to this concert for quite some time because every experience I've ever been to with a Metallica concert, like the crowd is super loud. They're not louder than the band because Metallica is loud as hell, right? But the crowd is is like a low kind of underlying choir almost in, in a lot of songs. But I don't know if it was the size of the dome or if it was because it was especially on night one because there were so many newer Metallica fans that it, it just wasn't 
as loud of a crowd as, as I had anticipated it being. Well, and Night also was be- much louder. I will say that. I was going to say also because I think because of the traffic, a lot of people did miss the show. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. that, it, yeah, it was definitely the case. You know, it's funny. This is on night two. I had talked to a guy who par- uh, basically parked at one of the restaurants downtown and took the shuttle from that restaurant over like, oh, it's going to be great. You know, we left it at uh, five. They actually got to the place at six and like they, they were about to bail on the driver as well. So like it didn't matter how you got there. It was just a <laughs> yeah. cluster everywhere. And so, yeah, yeah, I think that that played into it. I think that like the crowd was still filling in like almost halfway through Metallica's set. Yeah. So was there, was there any uh, particular song from night one that you were excited to see or, or different that you've seen before? Well, I love the way that they organize both their set lists for both days. Um, and I think that the article in the Riverfront Time kind of alluded to this, where they started off with a couple of deep picks, three, actually three deep picks. Then you play your, your big hits, you play two new songs, followed by a couple of other big hits and another new song. And then your instrumental, uh, which I, I love hearing Orion and uh, like the, the second night they played Call of Cootaloo. Yeah. I love hearing their instrumental songs um, because like they never really did that when I was younger because Jason, I don't think, I don't think Jason Newstead was a big fan of playing the instrumental stuff. It may, or maybe he couldn't, I don't know because they were, they're Cliff Burton's bass lines and like, they're pretty tough. Like you can definitely tell that like it takes some talent to play any, yeah. any, any Cliff Burton bass lines. So yeah, I really, I really enjoyed the instrumental songs. I'm glad you brought up that, that parallelism. I've been, I'm looking at the set lists for this set. And yeah, I eventually was going to ask, you know, did you lean one way or the other? But as I'm, as I'm looking through it and you're rattling those like details off, I'm like, Holy cow. Like it literally, it's a, it's 16 tracks each night, a hundred percent different songs, but the exact same pattern. And that is yeah. quite fascinating actually. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. it, it and the funny thing is, too, is it, it still allowed them to throw in a couple of different songs. Like, for instance, the and it's funny because, like, I had to agree with this. It, it, the one track that they switched up in the first day that I was really, really, really looking forward to is they normally they they play Leper Messiah third. But this particular day they played Holier Than Thou. And while Holier Than Thou is a great song. Uh, it's from the Black Album, which is one of the most played albums. <laughs> and Leper Messiah is from Master of Puppets, which is like one of my favorite albums. Uh, and it was yeah. one of my favorite albums before Stranger Things. So, you know, whatever. But um, <laughs> yeah. I, I was really, really looking forward to when I saw Leper Messiah on the on the set list. I was really looking forward to that. And like they started playing Holier Than Now. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I've been duped. Yeah, I have. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I also love that they, they split the day that never comes and one, because I feel like those are kind of the same type yeah. of songs. Yeah. So it may, you know, and then one, you know, and master puppets in one as well, because then while they're not the same type of songs, they're both extremely popular, extremely fast and long. And so, yeah. right. so to have, have master puppets on day one and then one pretty much at the end of day two. Yeah. yeah I, I love the set list. They, I, this was one of the best set lists that you could, like hope for you know we talked about this with so many artists or about so many artists is that metallica is a band that have so many songs like you could play one song of metallica a day and still probably not finish for for almost a year like they have tons of music yeah aaron you you mentioned that there are 16 tracks 
technically there was 17 each day because both Kirk and Robert did a, uh, you know, guitar solo just with the two of them. And they say that they do a, a special song each, each day, uh, specifically for that crowd. And the first, first one was Cthulhu burrito or something like that. Yes. <laughs> well, it was supposed to be, I see that. Yes. It, it was supposed to be, uh, C- to Cthulhu Chilereno. Yeah. Chilereno. But he didn't but he- think that St. Louis knew what Chilereno was. Oh, and I respect. Yeah, the yeah. disrespect because I he apologized that all the day, time. <laughs> he did apologize day two. He did apologize day two because he was he felt corrected, or he found chili ran or something. <laughs> yeah, like he, that. he he found it. He's like they had they had some. <laughs> yeah, they had some. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know if someone called them out and told them that he needs to go to insert Mexican restaurant here. Yes. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was awesome watching them just play. Cause you could tell uh, one thing and, and Dan made reference to this as we were talking with each other, you can just tell how happy they are as a group. Cause you know, there's been times in their uh, careers where they didn't quite seem as happy or, yeah. you know, excited to be around each other playing, but uh, they, they definitely seemed happy this weekend. So. Well, I think the way that this tour was planned was genius for them at their age, at this popularity, because, yes, it's it is two nights and, you know, it's two nights and three days. That, that's really grueling. But at the same time, like other than that five week stretch at the at August, like they kind of have been going. So like, yeah, they have they've had two weekends in a row in November and then they're done. They don't play again until May. Like, yeah. so. I think that it just, it was a very, very genius way to set up this set list and allow them to go hard and heavy, but still also get that rest that they need too. Yeah. Cause I'm not going to lie. I needed some rest too. <laughs> <laughs> well, That's yeah. You, Especially after all three of these days, I was going to say, you say that, but we, we, we didn't just see two days. We saw, three days of concerts oh, you you gotta you gotta mention the one <laughs> other shitty part about friday is so uh <laughs> with the concert's over we get back to the car we get in line to leave and and casey's like yeah wouldn't it suck if we sat here for an hour or two <laughs> no casey <laughs> <laughs> well we have to set this up a, a little bit here so what we ended up doing is we parked at the casino and we, we were on the fourth floor. And I think there was like five or six floors of this thing. So, mm-hmm. so I, I knew we were going to wait, but I, I didn't think it, so. Here, here's what's great. Dan, Dan rolls up and says, there's a sign that says public parking or, you know, card member parking, whatever. And, and Dan goes public parking. And the guy just waves us through that plays into a part on Sunday and I'll get, I'll get to that when we get to that. But, but he waves us through and we're thinking we're going to have to pay at the end and we didn't have to pay anything. You just, you just drove. So that, that made it even worse. Like why did this take so fucking long when no (laughs) one, no one was there waving you through or doing anything people were just being dicks, not zippering through. So you got a zipper, every other (laughs) car, man, you got a, you got a zipper. Shit goes so much faster if you just zipper real quick. 
Yeah. We should do a video series sometime on concert etiquette. And one, yeah. of, the, one of them will be how to do the car zipper on yeah. the highway. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That would be perfect. Yeah. So we sat in that garage for over an hour. Thank you, Casey. Yep. Um, you're welcome. And, <laughs> and got home at one o'clock in the morning. The concert finished, mind you, at 1130. Yeah. And I only Holy live 30 cow. minutes away. Yeah. You guys yeah. spent three hours. Wow. Three fucking say, hours spent, in the car. You spent more time in the car than you did at the concert. The concert. Yes, yes yeah. we did. We did. Yep. Wow. Yeah. We listened. Oh, uh, yeah, and, and we so on the way there, we listened to Octane so long that they they started their <laughs> their new rotation of the same songs. <laughs> That's right. Yep. <laughs> like, oh, shit, way, time to change the channel. On the way home, we listened to. We listened to almost three albums. Yeah. No, yeah, we did listen to three albums actually. <laughs> we finished all of Orgasm, all of Oxy Oxymorons, and, and almost all of album. the third one. Yeah. Yeah. It, anyway, it was, it was crazy. So it was it was a crazy clusterfuck, but we had a lot of fun. Yes, Metallic was amazing. Made every second worth it. Uh, so day two. I had found out that bat. Well, apparently it was also listed everywhere near Metallica weekend. I didn't know that. I didn't pay attention to shit, whatever. I don't read. <laughs> um, but I did know that bastard name was coming to town on Saturday. And I just thought, I mean, that can't be a coincidence. Like when you got Metallica on Friday, Metallica on Sunday and the son of Metallica playing a show on Saturday. Hmm. I'm betting James Hatfield's going to be there. Uh, so I said, let's go. And not only that, like I did also want to go see the bands because Bastardine's been on our radar. Uh, they had a pretty, pretty damn good album last album. Uh, and, you know, I'm always up for seeing new bands, you know? Yeah. yeah. And so the opening bands for Bastardine was Klept and F- Fury and Fury and Few. Yeah. Okay. I always get a mixed up. I can't tell if it's Fury yeah, and I know. Fury, I know. Fury and Few. I, that. Yeah, yeah. Fury and Few. Fury and Few. Say that yeah. like multiple times. Hopefully I won't forget it or switch it during this conversation. <laughs> yeah, no, it's fine. But yeah, so so for night two, we, we decided that we were going to go. And this was at Delmar Hall. And I, I wanted to point out that it's been such a crazy year for the podcast. We started our year watching shows, Dan and I, at Delmar Hall and seeing Taipei Houston open up for Narrowhead and uh, White Reaper. So that was in February. So then we're we're basically bookending our year with Taipei Houston and Metallica, more or less. So it's kind of kind of awesome that we can, uh, you know, get to see Miles and Lane, and then get to see Lars. <laughs> I don't know if you know well, this, yeah. but we got a lot more concerts left this year. Well, no, we do. <laughs> we we do. I'm not. That's a I'm very not. Good point. It's not. It's not. It's not exactly done, but it's no. I got you. Uh, yeah. I, was, I was just making sure. You, I was like, "You're, you're going with, with me, right?" right? Like, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, we got a couple. We got a couple more events still to go, but it's just cool to basically say we can more or less book bookend our year with you know a Metallica family event. Yes, and it is it's, worth noting for for mild bonus context here. Um, what these guys are referring to, Bastardane, the drummer and backing vocalist, Bastardane is one Caster Hetfield. Yes, would be the. The son of James. Always yeah, got to give context because I know there's somebody listening here who hasn't heard of that band before. Right. That's true. Correct. And and it's crazy, too, because like his son looks like James Hatfield from the 80s. <laughs> he does. That's awesome. It's, it's, it's really awesome, actually. 
Yeah. Uh, maybe maybe minus the mustache. I think James had a mustache in the 80s. Yeah. I, don't think, I don't think the kids got the mustache, but yeah. um, give it time. So <laughs> Klept was there. And then the second band, Fury and Few, was amazing. They got out there and just to start off things, their intro set the stage and just kind of like, I don't know, it set the bar real high, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I found I, f- I found a link and I sent it to Aaron because I wanted to give context of how this band started on stage. We'll link in the show notes. You can see the uh, <laughs> the little intro that they use. We'll, we'll put a little link to that YouTube video. It's yep. basically acts like a, a PSA announcement for two yeah. wanted men. One of them being a young, attractive, buff, uh, something like <laughs> yeah, young man. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's the other guy. And so yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at that point, the guitarist points to himself. Yeah. And like, so it's a two piece band. I didn't want to, I, I didn't know what to expect because, um, yeah, just, you know, we just, <laughs> I don't know what to expect. <laughs> well, it, it's it's funny because you know we had the opening band and and that they were five people up on stage. These guys, we were we were listening to a couple tracks on the way there, and you don't know if there there's two members of the band or four members of the band or you know however however many there are. So so to know that they were just a two piece is like holy crap. These guys are very good at you know, fill in the sound and which is what you should do as a two man band, as we've talked about multiple times on the show, but these we guys love two man bands. Also, that's yeah. another, another way in which you bookended. Cause that's a parallel to Taipei Houston again. Exactly. Yeah. It's a exactly. two man band. Yeah. yeah. And they were, they were awesome. I, I would really love to, to interview these guys uh, at some point, And I hope, I hope we do because they were very funny and just, <laughs> they were, they were, hyping up the crowd and they they kept saying you know you guys ready for bastardane well we gotta do our part to get you to there so so let's rock out and then you know they bust out a song and then at some point all of a sudden they start busting out uh tlc's no scrubs oh yes (laughs) yeah they got the whole crowd to sing it too they're like i bet you didn't think you were going to be singing no scrubs at a concert did you yeah like i got a whole he's like i got a whole bunch of men just singing no scrubs out here (laughs) and so you know to set the stage too i we have been to delmar hall many a many times I have never ever seen a VIP section set up at, at Delmar <laughs> Hall. So when the opening band is playing and there's like these two empty tables that are sectioned off from everybody, I'm like, that looks pretty odd. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that means something. Yeah. So was, lo and behold, the- like during Fury and Few, Mr. James Hatfield walks out and sit at the VIP tables with his family. And so like what I was that was what I was even more impressed by with this band is like you've got a legend and James Hatfield out there watching your band and they didn't even blink like it yeah. what it didn't even phase him like it granted this probably was not the first time that that's happened to them but I, I don't know if they've been on this tour for that long so I don't I, yeah I'm not I don't sure. know if it, yeah. yeah but yeah I mean just to to continue to kick ass and play like you know like nothing's going on other than you're you're on that stage owning it is was just super impressive. Agreed. Was this VIP tables? Was there like security around it and stuff? Yes, sort of. Um, there, there was like three venue 
security people. Um, so they were, they had normally what happens at Delmar Hall is there's these long sections of, um, high top chairs, like the hard metal chairs that are uncomfortable as hell to sit on, but, uh, it's lining both sides of the venue. Well, they, they took out all the chairs along the left side of the venue and then they, they had like two or three guardrails that are normally not in the venue at all. And they were blocking off, you know, these six tables with chairs around them for James and his family. Okay. So as soon as we saw that, we're like, yeah, that's not normal. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, <laughs> we, uh, after Fury and Few were done, we, uh, we got up and we got as close as we could to the, the guardrails along that side, just in case there was a chance that we uh, got to speak to James. But yeah, so to add to that, I didn't want to bother him. Like, you no, know, he, he's no. obviously behind that guardrail for a reason. And we respected that. But at the same time, like if he was going to go up and introduce people, I just wanted to make sure that we were one of the close, like closer ones to the front so that I got my chance <laughs> before he decided right. to take off. Uh, unfortunately, come to find out, he actually had like a book signing earlier that day. Yeah. Uh, and the line, like I saw a news story on it and like the lines for this book signing were beyond ridiculous. Like there right. were so many people there um, to, to meet him. And so I'm sure that by the time he was at the show at the night, at the evening, he was probably just done with people. And I get it. I, I totally get it. So yeah. it was, it was unfortunate. He didn't spend time like meeting or introducing anybody. And, and, and even in between sets, like as soon as fury and feud left, the stage he went backstage and then like came out right as bastardane took the stage right right to watch them but it was cool to say that we were more or less about 13 feet away from from james yes <laughs> yeah so fury and feud just definitely impressed like it's one of those bands that like day seeker and word alive where we had no anticipation of you know any kind of expectations i should say of what to expect and they blew us away. I talked to the singer. I gave our card and uh, we're, we're trying to basically have them on the show soon. Cause yeah, I think that's just going to be a fun conversation. Yeah. They were, they were very entertaining more ways than one. And I, I can't wait to talk to them. <laughs> so bastardine was the highlight of, was the headliner of the Saturday night. And yeah. I didn't, really have any expectations for this band as well. Um, I kind of went into, I knew, you know, a couple of their songs from here and on octane and uh, other places, but I didn't know what to expect stage, you know, stage presence wise. Well, and here's, here's what's a little weird to start off with. I think they're traditionally a three piece band, but for some reason, um, the bassist of the opening band Klept joined them on stage. So I guess, I guess the lead singer was normally a guitarist and I guess he's just focusing on being a lead singer. I'm not a hundred percent on that, but that's what it seems like. If that is the case, like that they added him on there just to allow the singer to be himself more. So it was a great move Yeah, uh, because the singer, uh, <laughs> I believe his name is Jacobius Lovebone. <laughs> <laughs> So that's what he goes by on the socials anyway. Yep. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah. And I, that just describes it all right there. I can't. It does. It does. <laughs> it does. <laughs> when you meet a man who calls himself Jacobius Lovebone, you know what you're getting into. 
Well, and he looked he looked like the Hamburglar. Yeah, the Hamburglar meets uh, Alice Cooper meets. Uh, <laughs> I, I totally got like a uh, a Sting meets uh, oh, uh, the lead singer of Van Halen, um, David Lee Roth. Uh, David Lee Roth. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. It was a there, Sting, see, looking, Sting David Lee Roth thing. I'm looking at his Instagram and I'm seeing like uh, Ozzy Osbourne and Gerard Way. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot going on with this guy. Like he's, he has figured out how to mix rock star. Yeah, he is a rock is, star. Look, he is all the rock stars. And then for for our thing, he he had like a a prison outfit looking thing. Uh, no, it was it was like David Lee Roth. Yeah, it, it was like the David yeah, Lee Roth guy. captain outfit. Yeah, that it was. he was out there wearing. So a, to- a Tommy prison outfit. <laughs> They were thoroughly entertaining. Like, for one, their band was, I, I think they were actually better live. Uh, you know, their music sounded better live than, than the recordings. And I don't, I don't know if, if, like, the singer was just into it a little bit more. I don't know. All I can say is, like, I had listened to songs prepping for this concert, but they sounded just way better live. They did. Yeah. Uh, he was uh, just a, a really, uh, st- like, just demanding stage presence singer. Like, he just was, he was goofy for one he was he kept so he'd be singing and then all of a sudden his eyes would just bug out really big and then he'd like focus in on somebody and like stare at them and then then he would kind of like shuffle and do this weird uh dance kind of like as they were doing breakdowns because most of the songs had long breaks breakdowns which was awesome but uh (laughs) he just he had a he was very animated up on up on stage and he had like these weird, like one-liner, like anecdotes. Like, yeah, this next one is a fan favorite, and you might be a fan. <laughs> yep, it was just random, like, like almost dad joke, but like, <laughs> where where is the punchline? I don't know that that was a punchline. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. it was great. Um, one other thing that he did, which was awesome, is he started his own pit, um, and then he stood like right next to me on 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 my right, and <laughs> so that was kind of awesome. They brought a lot of energy. The crowd really enjoyed them, and uh, musically, it, it sounded similar to Metallica, so it wasn't that far off the mark. I do have to just point out one of my favorite interactions of this concert was right before Bastardine started. This chick, <laughs> maybe 22 to 25 years old or so, is trying to slide up near the rail to see James Hatfield, right? And she tried it in front of us. And this this lady that was about our age, maybe yeah. probably younger than our age a little bit. But um, she basically denied her and was like, no, you, no, <laughs> I'm here. I'm watching the concert. You got to back up. And so this chick kind of like bumps into me like shoulder to shoulder. And I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. And and she's just like, what? I'm just watching the show. I was like, well, can you move the fuck over? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's like, can you not watch it on me? <laughs> and so she's like, what? What? And I was like, look, I, I get what you're trying to do. I, you know, he's right there, but he's there watching the show with his family. Don't go over there and try to bother him. None of us are going to let you through. I was like, we're all here to watch the show as he, he is too. So just let him be. She's like, yeah. what, what's your deal? I'm like, I, I want to watch the show. 
It's like, yeah. What's your problem? Or no, something like, yeah. uh, like what, what's your problem? I was like, you're in my bubble. Get out. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's what I was going to add to number two bubbles. Yeah. <laughs> well, and Personal again, space. I, it happens to me every fucking time because I'm such a big guy. <laughs> smaller people like her think that they can get right up in front of me and then take all the r- remaining space that I have around me. And it sucks. <laughs> you know, it was, I think it was really hilarious because I was talking about this with my wife afterwards. And I think that like this lady was just not used to not getting uh, positive, positive yeah. attention from, yeah, from the other gender. And yeah. and just was astonished that I didn't want her near me. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was partially that. I don't know. It, Dan's yeah. like, I don't care that you're a young 20 something year old lady. I don't want you near me. And yes. neither does James. <laughs> yeah. And, and his wife is literally sitting right next to him the entire yes. time. <laughs> as, his, as his kids are as well. Like, I don't, yeah, you know, exactly. Yep. So yeah, but Bastardine was really good. They were really impressive. Fury and Few was great as well. It was it was a really good night for concerts. I was really glad that we decided to go. I was too. I was too. Although it did, you know, make me a little worried on whether or not I was going to have to like crawl into the dome on the third day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you, you had the benefit of having it be a Sunday, right? So no work. Correct. Yes. No uh, work. No yeah. work. This is honestly, this is the most, this is where all of the um, anticipation is for me. It's not how was the show. It's did you get there on time? On, <laughs> yeah. On day two. So, <laughs> yeah. so on, on Friday I was texting. So Dan and I um, were in different locations for day two. Uh, Hannah, Hannah was on a business trip, so she couldn't attend night one. Um, so and she wasn't missing ice nine kills. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so she she wasn't gonna miss ice nine kills. She wanted to see them, and I totally understood that. So I I found a, another another way to to see the show with some friends of mine. And uh, but I'm I'm texting them as we're stuck in traffic. I'm like, all right, if traffic is anywhere near on Sunday what it is now, we need to leave way the fuck early. <laughs> <laughs> And so we did. I didn't understand at first why doors open two hours ahead of time. I understood that after after that first day. Yeah. So yeah, we got downtown at like four o'clock. Like I literally, we we got there and was like, all right, let's get some yeah. food, and then we can go over to the dome and get in before you know anything starts. We got downtown at about two forty five, and we tried to park at the casino like we did at first. And we pull up and it says public parking. So we pull up and the I think what happened Friday night was that so many people were parking. And instead of being a jerk and just saying you can't park here, they just let people through because we got denied. And then we had to we parked literally right across the street and then had to pay for for that parking, which was fine. But we we got denied, and then the guy the guy was very like perturbed that we tried to park there for public parking, even though there was a sign that says public parking. Yeah. So that's funny. Yeah, I, because you said that beforehand, like we we're on the way out, and we we're like, all right, grab our, our casino. T- yeah, your cards. casino card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We still parked at the casino. Yeah, you played it smart, but it's it's all right. But I, and I did told not you- have to wait an hour to get out. We parked at the lower level. We only waited like 20 yeah. minutes out. Yeah. We parked right across the street and parked alongside one of the poles and was only like two cars away. So we just 
turned and turned again and we were out. It was the easiest it was the easiest way to get out of a concert that we've like ever done. Nice. Excellent. I like this this tale of two experiences here. <laughs> Opposite ends of the spectrum. Yeah. Because we, we got there super early and we waited in line for like another two hours. One thing that I wanted to uh to call attention to, they had this I don't know if it was called early access or something ent- easy, easy entry. It was something double E Metallica VIP uh, lanyard thing that they paid for, but they opened the doors or the, the, you know, the ushers are getting ready to open the doors. And then these early access entry people are just standing there and they didn't really get in that much earlier than anybody else it was like maybe 15 minutes i would have been super pissed had i paid for that yeah (laughs) so but we got in my buddies uh wanted some merch and we got in a a merch line and it wasn't too bad because we were we were early yeah we did get we did get stuck behind one person that i think had a uh uh a scalped uh counterfeit ticket Kind of like no, kind of like what we did with the AW <laughs> event that one time. So yeah, yeah he, he got he got questioned. So <laughs> that was a guy ahead of us. So that was that was unfortunate for that guy. But uh, so you guys I, got there in time for the openers. Yes, did. and I got my first new Metallica shirt in fifteen years. Yeah. Wow. Yes. And nice yellow. Fucking awesome. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, so basically, it's a skull with like the the head blown out, and it's time and all kinds of other stuff coming out of the top of it, drugs and alcohol, knives, soldiers, you know, all the shit that's in our songs. The back yeah. looks pretty awesome too. It is, yeah. And Hannah got one as well, so we spent some good money on merchandise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's good. It's important to support up and coming artists like Metallica. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I need that gas money. <laughs> Every time I, I think of that, I think of the South Park episode. Like Lars' kids needs to go to third school or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because you downloaded that song. Yeah, <laughs> right. But my friends Aaron and Jerry bought uh, Ice Nine Kills tour T-shirt. Yeah, so. we didn't even see those. So yeah, they they only had Metallica up in the, the top. We're we're too <laughs> poor for those other bands, apparently. Yeah, so for night two for Metallica, I I sat in section one sixteen, and uh, it was it was pretty good. Yeah, I I loved that for one that I got to see all the bands this time. It was great. Uh, <laughs> yes, <laughs> Ice Nine Kills was great. You know, I, I wasn't expecting much because for one, I had nosebleed seats, and uh, I don't know how the fuck I'm going to be able to see somebody getting killed from nosebleed seats. But <laughs> <laughs> I was still able to see that fucker get stabbed. Okay. <laughs> one thing that I did want to talk about regarding that, I knew there was going to be some differences with the openers versus Metallica as far as, you know, uh, production and, and lighting and everything. The lighting for Ice Nine and Five Finger Death Punch was a lot darker than Metallica. <laughs> oh, yeah. They, Metallica did not want to give anybody the good the good lighting. Like, they just got the normal <laughs> good lighting. <laughs> You got the house lights. You got the house lights, you bastards. <laughs> <laughs> and also the sound was a big difference too, because the, Dan sends me a text and he's like, 
does the mix sound really bad down oh, down yeah. there as it does up here? And I was like, yeah, it sounds like all drums. <laughs> well, and the backup singers were louder than. Um, yeah, Ivan. For, yeah. Ivan, yeah, the, Moody. Yeah, so that that was when I sent that to you. It was, it was during Five Finger Death Punch. Yeah. But Ice Nine Kills did great. I, you know, they had like a very limited set list. I think it was like eight songs or so. They Yeah, they played for like a half hour. Yeah, they played their biggest hits, you know, every one of them based on a different uh, horror movie. And I, I love them. Like, I, they're just so entertaining. I, I really want to see them in a smaller venue. I think yeah. that's just would be the the business, to be honest. Like, I would love to see them murder and slay some people and <laughs> and their their fake zombies and stuff running around yeah. in a smaller venue. Yeah, I was kind of hoping for like another thing with the whole lighting aspect. I was kind of hoping for a, like a slightly bigger production just based on what they had. But but they kind of what they did was instead of Metallica, you know, doing a clock thing, uh, Ice Nine more or less stayed on one side of the stage and then Five Finger as far as like the drummer and stuff. And then Five Finger drummer was on the opposite side. Spencer did kill people all over he the did. stage though. Yeah, he did. He didn't keep that killing and murder to no, 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 isolated no. area. He did spread the, the the blood all over. But the rest of the band members kind of stayed in one area. <laughs> more or less. Yes, exactly. I thoroughly loved Iceland's set. Um <laughs> I'm a I'm so Five Finger Death Punch was the second band. I'm a, typically a big fan of Five Finger Death Punch. I was not a fan of their set though. And we were kind of, you know, like you said, we had been texting back and forth during Five Fingers set list, and they had these two random backup singers. I don't know what else they did in the band. Like, I don't know if they were like DJs or yeah. they're like soundboards in front of them or what, but they had like this box standing in front of them. And then they were mainly backup singers to Ivan and they were not good backup singers at all. <laughs> they, I, yeah. I, they were awful. Like, yeah. Yeah, it was. It was the weakest Five Finger Death Punch show I've I've seen, and I, I believe this was the third or fourth time that I've seen them. So yeah, and and I really blame the set list. Like I, it was, uh, you know, they've got a lot of big hits, and you know, you're playing in front of a lot of fans that you could possibly get as fans for your band, and like I I don't know, I just didn't understand their set list. Like they just played some weird, random, off the wall songs. I could be wrong, but it just it seems like they're kind of winding down as a band, like they want to kind of call it quits. And I I think that kind of played into it. Maybe. I don't know, because like I thought, that, you know, if they were doing that, they probably would have pulled off this bill a lot sooner. Um, yeah, I don't know, because they, you know, skipped a whole bunch of shows with Metallica earlier in the year because Ivan wasn't quite up to par with his uh physical abilities i believe he yes. had injured himself yeah but yeah i mean like you know they, they played a couple of their big ones but they didn't play like you know they didn't play like champagne um i was i was really hoping to hear that or uh or there were other songs i guess i was hoping to hear and i did not hear them um like you know i maybe it, remember everything too is like a, you know one of their biggest hits but I mean, they had a, a couple of good songs, but I don't know. There's just, I, I, I don't know. I was, I was expecting more. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're, you're not wrong. It wasn't a bad performance, but it, it just, it was kind of, it didn't go over the top like Ice Nine or Metallica. It just kind of happened. Yes. And so the one thing that I will say is after Five Finger Death Punch gets off, they finished their set at about 750. 
And because the first night we didn't get there until Metallica played, <laughs> I had no fucking clue that there was an hour in between sets. <laughs> exactly. My my buddies Aaron and Jerry uh, were very confused at like how long we were waiting and i was like yeah i I guess this sort of happened the night before and we just didn't realize it so (laughs) you got sleep tokened again yeah we did we did get (laughs) probably without profuse sweating because of poor ventilation (laughs) no there was plenty of ventilation at the dome it was crazy like i i was just sitting there like the the stage is already set up like the only thing you gotta do is roll lars drums in there. like what the fuck all you have to do is raise it up off the platform we saw this the night before what the fuck yeah they're probably still there from the night before shit (laughs) thank you right it's all it's all mic'd up and ready to go what the hell yeah man that that did drive me nuts because like i'm also thinking like aren't these guys a little bit older like don't they want to be in bed a little bit sooner than like yeah yeah (laughs) Like, it was and I'm, I'm looking at the clock like okay if they play for two hours that means this isn't going to be over until like 10 45 or you know whatever it was so it's like, yeah. yeah they started at 8 50 uh about 8 50 8 55 and they played f- until about 10 30 no they, they played until 10 55 sorry it was about two hours long yeah that's what i thought um the second night was definitely my favorite of the set list you know agree they start off with, like we said, the deep cut and whiplash. And then you had like some big hits, like for whom the bell tolls ride the lightning King, nothing, which is one of my favorite Metallica songs. Um, and, like they, and actually that's what I had to say. Like the second night literally contained a bunch of my favorite Metallica songs were there. Like welcome home sanitarium, no leaf clover, like moth into a flame whiskey in the jar. Like every single one of my love, like one, like it was just the best. Yeah. Like, I got to ask. So, you know, you mentioned already I was looking at this and I was again, I was going to ask you guys, like, you know, did you have a preference on set list? If it were me, I probably would have favored the second night as well. But I got to ask, how did the new tracks feel and how were they responded to by the crowd amongst all of that? I'll let Dan I'll let Dan answer this first. Uh, For me, like it it sounded like more Metallica. Like I I, they blended in okay, and they didn't feel like a lull in the set by any means. I didn't think that personally. Okay. Sometimes I've noticed that there's certain bands that can happen when you play the new stuff that even if it's decent new stuff, you know, it's not, it's not those ones that people have listened to for 20 years or whatever and are freaking hyped about. And so it might come off a little bit weird or like there, sometimes I've seen shows where it felt like uh, the crowd was patiently waiting for you to get through those to get back to the ones they wanted to hear. <laughs> that's what happened where I was sitting. Ah. That's what, that's what was that like in your section okay. so where I was sitting. Unfortunately, the section that we were sitting in was being polite and sitting down for most of the set. The section over from us was all standing the entire time. And there was a guy in a uh, Rick Vaughn uh, Indians jersey, 99 Indians jersey. Awesome. And uh, and he stood the entire time. And I was like, man, just sit down. What the fuck? <laughs> but, <laughs> but there was this- no standing in the nosebleeds. We didn't want to fall. <laughs> right. But so for the new songs, he would sit down for the new songs. So most of the crowd would sit down for the new songs. And then when they would play a song that they knew, then they would get all excited and stand up again. So see, I, I mean, I just, I, maybe it's just me too. Cause like, I, I love the new, the new album. And so I was prepared to hear and, and accept yeah. the new songs live. And, um, and I actually wanted to see, you know, if they were able to replicate the songs because, 
and I, it's just one of those things like it's Metallica. They've always played, you know, what you hear on the album is, is what you're going to hear live. But that was one of the things that I, and I told Casey this after the first night that I truly loved that the first night I saw that Metallica you know, on Friday was probably one of my favorite Metallica performances because they were not perfect. Every time I've seen this band, they've been absolutely fucking flawless. Like everything, like their sounds, their, like everything. But there were a couple times where I could tell, like there was just a couple notes flubbed up here and they're nothing big, no, no big gaffes. Like, right. you know, they didn't stop songs or anything like that. Zero. Um, but <laughs> they, you know. They, <laughs> yeah. No, I, I hear you. I hear you. And, and I agree with you. And I will say for me personally, hearing the new songs, I, I thought the way that they had it spaced out in the set, I thought was was a good choice. And they performed them very well. Yeah. And they were very early in the set, too. Like halfway through the set, you're not going to hear any more of the newer songs at that point. So Memory Remains was my my favorite song from Friday. The song that I wasn't necessarily expecting but was kind of hoping that they would play was no leaf clover and when they played that i got i got super excited (laughs) i knew i knew as soon as i heard this i was like i bet you casey's losing his mind right now (laughs) (laughs) yep uh yeah i I was definitely excited for that i was really excited to see whiskey in the jar too like that yeah it's just one of my favorites they do such a great job with that thin lizzy cover um the only other thing is like if if it wasn't whiskey, it had it, it had to be turned the page. Like it's either one of those songs that like I would have loved to hear, but yeah, I, I love whiskey, so I was still glad that they were able to play that. No, I, I totally agree with you there. Um one thing that we didn't really touch on from Friday is they did have a little bit of pyro uh throughout the set. Night two, they had a little bit more pyro than the night before. So that's interesting. Yeah, that was kind of fun. They had they had flames that were shooting out all throughout the the circle, which kind of made me, you know, freak out a little bit because hoping they, they know where they're, they're stepping, you know, <laughs> so that they don't get torched, but uh, they had a lot of additional fireworks for night two as well, which, so that was, that was fun. That's one thing I absolutely loved about this. And I, it, it's been a long time since I've been to like a stadium concert. I haven't seen like flames and fireworks at a concert in fucking so long. <laughs> yeah. It was awesome. Like it was just it's one of the you could just definitely tell it was a high production concert. And the funny thing is, so I was looking at those eight towers. Like I said earlier in the show, they're probably about four stories, maybe not you know taller. And each one of those is probably taking up at least a tractor trailer. And so yeah. I'm sitting there thinking, like I, I was telling Hannah this during the the second night. I was like, how many tractor trailers do you think they got to take all this shit out of here? <laughs> Because I, I heard like the Taylor Swift concert had like 50 or something like yeah. that. And so I'm it's, sure Metallica's got like, you know, at least 20. I don't think they got 50. At least, at least I would say between 20 and 30. Yes. Yeah. Two other quick things. One thing that I, I just have to mention because it's funny because it's it's been recent topic of conversation on our show. Uh, Metallica had some fog machines uh, and it it didn't really work for the dome. <laughs> So, uh, I mean, it, it served its purpose a little bit, but it, it just was kind of funny that it was there because it, it really didn't do hardly anything. Uh, the other thing that we didn't mention yet is both nights. So the little the little eight towers with the screens, they released these giant beach balls at one particular part in the song or in the in the set. And they were huge beach balls. And peop- there was 
a lot of them and people were yeah. batting them around everywhere. You know how many there were? So there were eight towers. There were nine beach balls in each tower. Yeah. Nice. Totaling 72. 72. I figured, I figured as much. Uh, what was entertaining about that is there was some, uh, at least one, if not two crew members that were playing goalie uh, for Lars. So he didn't get belted by giant beach balls. <laughs> What was even funnier about that is that people were apparently upset that people were instead of playing with the beach balls, people were just grabbing them and like taking off. Like, don't get me wrong. I get playing with them for like, you know, a little bit, but I would have done the same damn thing. I would have taken that beach ball and started deflating that thing because they're like, you could have just bought one at the pop up store. Yeah. For one hundred and twenty five fucking dollars. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I'm not paying one hundred twenty five dollars well, for an oversized beach ball. And the, those those beach balls are massive. I don't even know that like one person could like grab them maybe me but (laughs) oh they they were i watched them (laughs) that's quite entertaining yeah because like they would just lay on them to try to deflate them and they'd be laying on them for quite some time yeah 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 so yeah so it was it was great as as a avid metallica fan this being my fifth and sixth time seeing metallica they did not disappoint i was so excited to be able to go to this concert and like have a whole weekend dedicated to my favorite band one of my favorite bands of all time so um yeah. casey what were your thoughts after seeing metallica for the first and second time it was it was everything that i was hoping that it would be uh they they put on a show and um you know james's vocals still sounded good like he's he's one of those those artists that you know time time doesn't really slow him down that much so that was that was awesome yeah that was i mean i know i know his vocals aren't like super challenging uh compared to some other some other vocals but the fact that he's up there doing it and and still sounds great is awesome but uh like i said it just it was awesome watching them have fun and and watching them up until the end of the show and then you know they just they, you could just feel the love that they had for this the city and like they kept talking about the the older shows and this venue that they played and that that venue that they played that so, yeah actually that's what i wanted to bring up so before this concert aaron had mentioned to us that i don't know where you found this information aaron but that lars had like kind of kind of a, an identic memory of all the places and venues he had played over time and wow the like that's no joke like loris came up and was like you know metallica's got this long history with st louis we love this place we've been playing here since 82 we played this place and he's like it's probably not even around and then we played he's like then we played bush stadium and we played this place and we played this place i'm like he's like we played this place this year we played this place that year i'm like holy cow like this dude remembers everything Probably, yeah. probably most of those places aren't around anymore. Right, yeah. exactly. Technically, Bush Stadium isn't, unless it was the yeah. newest one. Well, it, it was. was, it was, it was back I in think 17. it was. Yeah. Okay. I think. I think they might have played both. I don't even know. Probably. I bet they've played multiple Bush Stadiums. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, but it was it was awesome watching them. And night two, there was there was just a lot of songs that I was super excited to see, and it it didn't disappoint. Yep. This makes me want to do a like an exercise sometime of, of creating like your ultimate Metallica set list. Yeah. That would, that would be, that would be a fun one. Sometime. That'd be, that'd be a fun episode. Yeah. Yeah. Be, might be a game for some time in the future. We don't do too many games yeah. anymore, but once in a while, it's nice to, nice to challenge the brain. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. 
So I hope you've enjoyed our rendition of Metallica Weekend, our recount, our recap, everything <laughs> that's happened. And needless to say, I was exhausted when I had to go to work the next day. Yeah, I can imagine. Same. <laughs> Three days in a row, yeah. After all that and all the all the insanity with traffic and everything. Yeah. I I do want to make note before we wrap this up uh, that, that during the course of this episode, I emailed Fury and Fuse Management. So, <laughs> stay tuned. <laughs> they might be on soon if I can pull this the, off. Let's see. The next episode is probably going to be an interview. With you. <laughs> <laughs> probably not that immediate, but we'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. <laughs> so, thank you very much for listening to the itch. My name is Dan. I'm Casey, and I'm Aaron. Oh man, the one thing that we forgot to talk about was Uh-oh. the St. Louis freeze. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all right. So yeah. You can throw it in there if you want. On, yeah, so until next time, I do want to end with one thing. We didn't get a chance to talk about the St. Louis Freeze, which was the, the, the improv song, yeah. The Second Night, by uh, Rob and Kirk. And one reason why I want to mention this is because it was called St. Louis Freeze because they had no idea that St. Louis was this cold, and it wasn't actually that cold when they were visiting. <laughs> <laughs> so they weren't they weren't here the week prior when it was 29 degrees <laughs> it's like it's too cold here for some california boys i'm like dude it's like 50 what are you talking about <laughs> that's frigid yeah <laughs> like the cold is such a relative thing <laughs> right and like it's 50 in california too at nighttime you know you it's no diff no different than what it was anyway so there you Stay go warm, until Metallica. next time Stay warm. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> if you enjoyed what you heard in this episode, please subscribe and tell a friend about the itch. Check out the show notes for links about the episode, as well as our new music playlist and where you can hear us every Sunday night. And you can interact with us at itchrocks.com or on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Gmail, all at itchrocks, I-T-C-H-R-O-C-K-S.